we all always called it a Christian commune, but it was a working Christian commune, right? Everyone had to participate in order for the privileges of uh, free food and food housing and, uh-huh. and transportation and, and, and devotions. So was this was this uh, common at the time? These these sort of unfortunately the only commune one really thinks about is uh, um, the farm. Stephen Gaskin. Uh, uh, well, the one, yet yeah, Summertown. Right. Summertown. Oh. Is that what you're thinking? I was thinking of Manson. Oh. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> Me and All My Friends, a podcast about love, life, and joint pain. Produced in partnership with Blakeford Senior Life. Carney, what is your maiden name? Overall. Overall. Mm-hmm. O-V-E-R-A-L-L. Just like it sounds. She has a song Carnies that goes along overalls. with it, too. An original song? It was an advertisement for overalls. <laughs> it was. And and we put my name in it, our friends, my husband's friends, put my name in it, Carney's overalls, wear like iron, wear like iron, wear like iron. <laughs> Carney. I mean, I'm over. already a Carney. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it just yeah. it became it a jingle perfect. that everybody knew, and we heard it all our lives too. So. <laughs> and I'm sure you loved it. And we did. She's yeah. made of tough stuff, so it's very appropriate. Carney's overalls wear well, like iron. It's actually <laughs> very appropriate for that family. First off, why don't I just say that you have great hair. Can I just make that <laughs> comment Doesn't first? Really? No. You have See, great well, hair. I finally had gone to a lady that fixed the hair. <laughs> and uh, I, I've always had it very, very long and braided and just in a knot so I didn't have to fool with it. No, you've got you've got great hair. I like your sense of style. I like your shirt. I like the <laughs> oh, chicken. She, she just birthday gave me that for birthday. The chicken mess. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm first just trying to get a sense of like, oh, like I think... Am I allowed to say your mother has a natural beauty? Is that yeah? Okay, she does. she does. Yeah, I know we just met, she but does. you have a natural beauty. So, what was the point I was trying to make? I forget the point. I would say she she has had style whether she was president of the junior league mm-hmm. of Nashville or very traditional volunteer roles, or you know taking kids off the streets. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was. I'd say she dressed kind of like Jackie O when she was, you know, in the '60s, and she made her own clothes because you couldn't find them in Nashville. So if she wanted a cute outfit like Jackie. She made it herself. Do you concur with this, Carney? Yeah. So, this is my first question in earnest. Would you consider your family eclectic? Is that a is that a, a safe? That would describe us. Yeah. I kind of think it would. I think Pretty appropriate. Mm-hmm. Take take me in. How how uh, how do I? Why well, would I think that? Maybe for clarity, Mom would be st- stepping back in the early seventies. There was a movement that happened at our very traditional First Presbyterian Church of Nashville, and it impacted our parents. It impacted Evelyn and I. We actually, as churchgoers, all came to faith in Christ in the early 70s, within, what, six months or a year of each other. And it transformed our somewhat traditional parents into very radical type people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
So that ministry started almost immediately mm -hmm. after they became Christians, okay? And in our voice, we mean Christians that are not in name only, but actually choosing to live the lifestyle that Jesus would have lived, which is caring for the poor and caring for others. Mm -hmm. So if there was a hitchhiker, as they came, if daddy came back from work or was out driving somewhere, he would just pick up hitchhikers. They both picked up hitchhikers. Those hitchhikers would end up in our basement sleeping or in one of the farmhouses. And they were not all good characters. Right. No. So I think that's where the concern for the danger. But it also taught all of us an appreciation that everybody has a story. There mm -hmm. are people out there that look totally different than us who are hurting people or poor people or sick people who are just as valuable. Mm -hmm. And so they really taught us what it was like to have a open heart, open home. They lived that for us. Um, was this a, was this a Nashville mm -hmm. thing or what? like this, this particular movement? Uh, was it, it was kind of called the Jesus one way movement. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you, your parents would have heard of that, but it was kind of, well, Came out of kind of downtown for Nashville. them, I think it was more that lay renewal mm -hmm. movement that went through the Presbyterian Church. Right. Yes, right. right, it did. Mm -hmm. It seemed like in the 70s you were going on one of two buses. Mm -hmm. You yeah, were going yes. on the Jesus bus. Right. Yeah. Or the Free acid cool. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Right, and I'm I'm trying to get a sense of and a lot I, of fluidity between. It seems like right. there may have been a, yeah. maybe a little fluidity yes. with with uh, with you guys, <laughs> yeah. perhaps. Yeah. yeah, not that you were hippie dippy. Oh no, no, no we, yeah, were, we were hippies. Oh, you were hippie yeah, dippy. We were definitely, yeah, yeah. So, Jeannie, I was uh, sorry, I sort of cut you off there, but you were explaining, you were giving us the context of mm -hmm. what was going on with with you guys, and it was rooted in this, right church mission work, you know. And that really was when Evelyn and I were still at home. So mm -hmm. I would have been in junior high. Evelyn would have been in high school. And that was the early 70s. Mm -hmm. And that's when I think there was more opening. Like I said, houses on the farm were available. We began to pick up hitchhikers or and people, people from churches around Nashville because it was no would call us and send someone who was, was really struggling. Safe. Maybe mm -hmm. somebody who was in college who's Parents got a divorce, Honey. he had a nervous breakdown, he came home, and people would say, well, why don't you just go work with, you know, live out on the farm and hang out with them for a while? I mean, I had incredible friends that, oh, they thought I'd kind of gone off for a while. Really? Yeah, well, is that right? <laughs> it, And it is true. I mean, <laughs> it was kind of off the radar. Yeah. You know, what, what that was going on, we all, always called it a Christian commune, but it was a working Christian commune, right? Everyone had to participate in order for the privileges of uh, free food and food housing and, uh -huh. and transportation and, and, and devotions every it's kinda, morning. It's sort of like pre-wolfing. I, I was just going to uh, say, yeah. wolfing so, yeah. is, you That's know. That's exactly what are it you is. You guys are all familiar yeah, with wolfing? Yeah. Why am I asking that? You guys are more familiar than all this stuff. Than I. You, <laughs> you, we were living that before. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you guys were the resourceful, self-sustaining family before yeah. before that existed. But yes, it was, a, you know, wolfing with more of a, mm -hmm. you know, mission-based. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. yes. That's a good one. Good way to put yeah. it. Yeah. We finally described it. <laughs> so what would if, if you had the woofing if you had the woofing post 
today if you were promoting the farm because you go on wolfing today the website and you're like all right we're gonna yeah, do permaculture specific, yes. and you're gonna learn you're gonna there be mm -hmm. eggs yeah and you know there's no smoking what would your mm -hmm. uh how would it read what would be the description for yours well in the 70s it would have been truck farming vegetables mm -hmm. growing food for people mm -hmm. I mean, that was the real long oh boy, we days, really hard did. work, and the good food. We, we ate we really well. We had a registered Charlet beef cattle operation. What is Charlet? Charlet are French and just only grass. They only feed on grass. What is that chicken, the French chicken, that's like the like the prime? Oh, yeah. I don't know. The Moran? Is that the Big Morans? white chicken? Oh. That doesn't oh. have any legs. They're so fat. They their legs break uh, on them. Uh -huh. Oh, the that they make foie gras. Uh -huh. no, uh, no, that's a duck, isn't it? Oh, it is. My aspirations, if I were to ever be a farmer, would be rooted in my love of food. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. You know, but then you yeah. go. You know, it's it's easy to I think, and I'd be curious to hear about this. But it's I think it's easy to romanticize mm -hmm. in your head the bucolic lifestyle or we're mm -hmm. going to live in the country and we're going to have chickens and birds and you know mm -hmm. and and then i'm sure the reality of that hits you in the face pretty quick yeah, was it's, that it's not it, it is not easy mm -hmm. it, it was hard work i mean well, we lived off a lot of our sweat the young people the young hard, yeah. very hard so mom well, and dad were the two adults adult. and then the young people there were up to 13 living there yeah and some were our friends from college who came and spent the summer yeah i mean you know it was more um just a friendship kids that were looking for something a little bit different to mm -hmm. do in the summer besides lifeguard at the local pool yeah you know? yeah and where they could learn something and be around different people and then there were the people that those people all of us picked up who you know we again learned <laughs> we did from. pick up hitchhikers yeah. mm -hmm. so was there um is there was there ever any resentment on your part feeling like hey why mm -hmm. why do we have to do why can't live we just like this live like yeah. this well, well i think we brought i'm still mad at my dad the... for not getting me a car in high school <laughs> yeah. so i i i hold on to these things yeah um, I think that all those experiences are part of what shape us. Mm -hmm. And even though in the midst of them, they may be hard, we may not understand, but it's made us uniquely who we are. So I would say in the big picture, there's no resentment for it. Um, and we were often the very ones who brought certainly the people home that who were the core people that did most of the work mm -hmm. um it was a little intense during college when they didn't have money mm -hmm. for college and i was working two or three jobs and taking 18 hours and you know and my friends were having fun yeah you know because their parents paid for their education and gave them money to so there were some you know, there were some times that were rough like that, but they were also part of what made you uniquely you, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't think mine is resentment. I do know that there were a few times where there was real fear in some yes. of the characters that were on that farm. And yeah. Evelyn had gone off to school. I was still at Harpeth Hall my last 
two or three years by myself with mom and dad. So there were some times where I felt like I was one of the group rather than their child, to be honest. But that's not to say Evelyn worded it perfectly. That made us who we are. Mom and dad taught us to live outside of the bounds. Mm -hmm. And for that, we will always be grateful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not to say it was perfect or beautiful or easy all the time, but they gave us that sense of don't be normal, push the boundaries, see what's out there, see who else, you know, what makes life life, not Mm -hmm. just keeping safe all the time and protecting yourself all the time. And what it is, what is it that you love? What is Mm. it that's uniquely you? And do that. I'm curious, Carney, to hear your response to Ginny saying that there were times when they grew up where they you did feel like mm-hmm. you were the stepchildren, or just a, you know, part mm-hmm. of the commune and not mm-hmm. the children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it's, it's kind of still that way. It, it, she it had, she's got like a hundred children, she, they, and they're probably they really as important to her as her birth children. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not bad. That's not, it's yeah. not a bad thing, uh, but yeah. it, you know, she she's got some, a um, you know they they had very. A, uh, what would you say, Ge- a generous, you know, uh, opening, a generous heart to take in. So, know. so Carney, what, what is your thoughts on that, your response? Yeah, I think it, it, it's very, uh, it hurts. It hurts me, it, even though I knew that the possibility was there. It still hurts that Jenny had had those feelings during that time but to think somehow or another i had this uh hope or something that and i think you have now you've come through it but that those those times it did put you all in a terrible place you were uh i was your mom and yet to these other people I, I was bringing, I was bringing them in, and I can see how painful that would be, how you would be hurt by that, and yet I, somehow, in inside of me, I kept thinking, well, God will take care of that. Well, you know, it's I, I'm a, the mother, and He is in me, and I should have seen it more and done something, but I, I didn't. I didn't well, know. You, you never purposely put no, us no, in danger. That's, that's not what no, we're talking about. No, I know I didn't, but I know it happened. I know mm-hmm. it, it hurt. And, and and you, I should just mention, because this is a an interview, right? I want to emphasize for the listener, you couldn't be, from the 50 minutes I've known you, more normal and well-adjusted. Like, <laughs> yeah. there is not, there are no dreadlocks no, in this room. we're just scratching the surface. You just got the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> For seniors in Greater Nashville, Tennessee, Blakeford Senior Life is not just a provider of residential living and services. We are a partner. We work with seniors to create the living experience that works best for them and their loved ones. Whether that's in a beautifully designed residential setting on our Green Hills campus or in a longtime family home, the goal is not to change life, but to enhance and enrich it as you age. So was this, was this, uh, common at the time these these sort of 
Unfortunately, the only commune one really thinks about is uh, um, the farm. Stephen Gaskin. No, no, well, the one, yeah, Summertown. Right. Summertown. Oh. Is that what you're thinking? I was thinking of Manson. Oh, oh, oh no. no. Obviously <laughs> not. No, no but there on. was a big commune um, in Nashville, Stephen mm-hmm. Gaskin's, called The Farm. And now it's a midwifery school, and, um, and you can go out and have a natural uh, childbirth. But they were, you know, they oh, were well. like the... Off the weird charts. Well, what, you know? what, what is the line between, you know, this being something that works and mm-hmm. something that becomes a cult, essentially? Like oh, where, gosh, you know, yes. oh, It yeah. seems like it's a fine line. It would be a fine mm-hmm. line if you... Uh, yeah, I The intentions that, have to be, I think, there. Like, and it surrounded has, by people that'll challenge you. Yeah. You start, you know, acting as if you have the final word on anything or you know you actually know what someone should do at that given day or at that juncture with their lives, you know, to to pretend like you're God is, you know, mm-hmm. it's a big red flag. What what were the what were the rules, Carney? I mean what <laughs> the external rules were if you want to live here, you gotta work. At the end of three days if you're not working Sayonara. I mean, that was just an external kind of <clears throat> warning or something. And we had some that did leave. I'm not I'm not gonna work. Chicago Rich, remember? He just he wasn't gonna dig a, a septic field out in front of the little blue house. I don't think there were a lot of do you, Mm-mm. Jenny? I don't remember. There's the structure every, of a farm where mm-hmm, you get up and mm-hmm. have a good breakfast and a great midday meal. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're working. You know, there was the structure that and the that, seasons the provide. Vegetables, and the, we. And if it hadn't been for H.G. Hills being willing to buy our produce, we, we wouldn't have been able to feed everybody. And if, because we had the meat, you know, whenever you mm-hmm. pulled off an animal and. So rattle off for me. What are what are some of the the skills that you that guys you have gained? obtained through a lifetime of being on this what farm? What we uh, obtained, I don't know. What did we obtain? What did you learn? Yeah, what do you think? Skills, yeah. personal as listening. Well as... Yeah. Well, that's a life skill that's yeah. essential. But I mean, depend. When I say essential, you have to listen to other people. Even if you just really get exhausted with someone, they're, they're trying to get to a point that maybe you'll figure out what that point is and help them somehow. Lots of interpersonal relationships. <laughs> How to work through a conflict, because there were there were a lot. Just <laughs> Even egos. On, just yeah, egos. Just how in. you plant yeah. a tomato plant or how you harvest a crop or how you work cattle. All of that you had to work with other people. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that interpersonal relationships, discussing things, it was just an everyday occurrence. Mm-hmm. You could not avoid conflict mm-hmm. on that farm. Yeah. And that makes you a family. Then the relationships that we have, and Evelyn and Mom have it more deeply because they're still in Nashville with those people, it, that will never change. Mm-hmm. It is a sense of family. And 
family or who sees the worst of us, right? Mm-hmm. And who you work through and still love because you're family. I would say creative problem solving. Exactly. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like uh, you necessity is the mother take what you have. So what you have before you, instead of saying, I wish I had that and I could make this, it's what you actually have right in front of you for what it is that you need. So let's say it's a meal. You're not going to go look up a recipe and drive all the way into town and get your thing. You're going to gather the things you have for that day or maybe that's in the freezer. And what can we make to serve all these hungry people with that? Same with if something breaks down. You know, same if we've got to figure out, okay, we've got a big weed problem out there. How are we, what are we going to deal with? How are we going to deal with it? Okay, I think we're going to start mulching. What are we going to mulch with? Okay, we can put newspaper down first and maybe some straw. It's that everyday, constantly yeah. creative problem solving. I've got one of the three checked off there in those boxes. <laughs> I, can, I, can take the, I can take the food and be like, all right, let's do alcohol Yeah, let's here. figure what out can we, something. What right. can we figure out? Yeah. If I see, I can't, I, I'm not very uh, good with my hands. I can't change. A, I wouldn't have been helpful uh, repairing the yeah. trucks. <laughs> can I ask another question going back to, for a second, the, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe there was a feeling of resentment at some point or, or something, but... Did you guys ever do like family therapy at all? That's a serious question. I don't question. think there was ever time for um, self needs, you know. No, the therapy were... happened with the other people. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah we... but it happened back in us. Now, mother did therapy. Uh, mm-hmm. Mom did therapy. She was probably the only one who took the time to. Her therapy was Phoebe and Betty coming yes. out every week. Friend, These incredible friend friends <laughs> yeah, uh, and that they, came out they, and ministered they, and prayed with mom and mm-hmm. helped her. That was beautiful friendship. Well, I, the reason I asked that question originally is because two children, our parents are like, they're your rock, right? Like they're your foundation. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, did you guys ever not feel a sense of panic, but like, was it hard for you to maybe see at times you're you know see like a chink in the armor so to speak i think maybe it's typical middle child but i i just didn't feel real dependent on my parents growing up but i will say that i learned some amazing skills i mean my mother had the same patience that her grandmother had when you know i was a little girl and decided i didn't like the dolls clothes that they came with and i wanted to create my own she was willing to take the time to teach me how to sew but she wasn't someone who spent a lot of time with me or vice versa you know i think both of them had very active lives all the way through so even before they started bringing people out to the farm they were very active socially active you know, mom volunteered a lot, dad worked, you know, they, y'all had a lot going on in your lives, mm-hmm. but it was fun. I mean, it was fun and active, but I, you know, so I don't, I don't think I relied on them quite so much. Well, and you definitely, middle child, Evelyn was gone to friends a lot. Yeah. yeah and my did. brother, you know, he was gone to school. Yeah. So I'd say I was, she the, was one the one who in the creek cream. by myself with the right. dog. So... Yeah. I definitely she had a, did. a lonely but 
not not a bad lonely. No. I loved being outside. I yes. was on a horse from the time when I was little. So those were yes. those became your friends, right? Mm-hmm. Because there were no friends mm-hmm. nearby. Well, it's it's funny you mention that because I was looking today. I have a friend who grew up on a farm in Tunica, Mississippi, the Delta oh, of Mississippi. Yeah. And oh. just, you know, only house for mm-hmm. I don't want to say miles, but it's mm-hmm. it's a pretty you know, and anyway. I was looking at a picture today of his backyard of this house in Tunica where there's mm-hmm. is, there's just cotton fields in the background. Mm-hmm. And I, I had the thought, I was like, oh, his friends were probably just the trees yes, growing up. Exactly. Right. He he had to he had to name those trees. Oh. That, and and he's a he's doing fine mm-hmm. today. He's he's out in the world. <laughs> but but that was, you know That is very true. Our the farm was like a oh, friend. Oh gosh, yeah. it was incredible. My yes. husband asked, I had a place behind our house on the hill, which was further up the hill, and Daddy called it Little Colorado and Little Wyoming, and there was a lot of, you know, trees that had been cut down, and there was a place up there called the Thinking Stump. It was my <laughs> place that I went to think and work out my teenage years and cry and scream and all that, and that is the spot that my husband took me to to ask me to marry him so he said we're going up to the thinking stump to talk today so that's so anyway those were they became part of your life you know Mm -hmm. just like the river those animals those trees those yeah landscapes i'm curious to know how you guys did the the normal teenage stuff out there like how could you date I would spend the night with a friend because they're they're curfew. I mean, you might as well not even go to the party when you live 30 minutes out. Yeah. You know, and you've got to get there. So if there was something I really wanted to go to, I would spend the night. Yeah. So I had two friends who I was close to their families. Their families like didn't complain about me spending the night. Yeah. They just said to us that uh, they felt like what was it? Uh, one year that they sh- they should have taken the tax de- tax deduction tax on me. Deduction. Israel <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul. Said I bet that. he did. Yeah, that's so cute. Because he probably it was there. probably before we were driving, so he was probably driving us places yeah. too. But anyway, so did, I haven't even asked about your husband. Mm-hmm. I apologize. I mean, he had how did how did you guys your father? How did you guys meet? What's the story there? <laughs> well, I guess we have. His first cousins lived next door to me, but but I did, we didn't uh, know them through uh, Frank Ferris, and but w- later we did. I mean, very well. But we um, I don't know, he just asked me to a dance, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, he happened to have been a, a patient of my father's, <laughs> but he loved me. He was a great great guy and I mean he really was a, a wonderful person and uh, wonderful loved family. these girls you got the sisters they were the, your only sisters his 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 sisters his, his mm-hmm. sister lived in this room wow yeah and I'm Ellen and I know that our father absolutely adored yes. mother yeah he adored her the, from the minute he saw her, he knew that's who he wanted to marry. Yeah. So I'm he had to sure. wait in line for yeah, a few years. She he was, had to hang in there because she had a lot of 
people, serious She suitors. was the bell, one of the newspaper articles we have is the bell of Ward Belmont. She was named the bell of Ward Belmont, and it tells all the things that she's fond of. This is when she's in high school, and it says, in the line, it says, "'Tis rumored." She's fond of Alfred, too. They, they're so really was putting the, the pressure on. If, yes, you, if that, you're printing the, that. Oh, in, yes. in, the buzz the was out. Oh, but, yeah. you know. What else did it say? Was there about your mom in this ad? Um, it, she, oh, several, it has those superlatives. Like, hockey. You know, they, they said all the things that she, she was she's good, good at. at. She was um, president of student council. Um, some sorority gosh, thing. Oh, well, yeah, the sorority thing. Weren't you? Treasurer or something of her class. No, I never a treasurer. Or maybe yeah, probably that's true. That's <laughs> treasurer. That would not be a that good could, not a good skill set. Blakeford Senior Life. Visit us at blakeford.com to learn more about our innovative senior living solutions in Nashville, Tennessee. Coming up next. It's hard in in assisted living, it's hard when she can't stay focused on something creative, and that's not our mom. So that is yeah. is a very telling time. Well, may, may I ask you a question, Carney? How, mm-hmm. how are you feeling? Um, uh, you're 89. You just turned 89 a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you feeling mentally? Physically, right now, physically and mentally. Well, of course, physically, uh, my legs are are not, they don't work very well. And mentally, I feel like I'm forgetting things, and I'm not happy about that. I, I, I get confused easily because one part of, a great part of the information, it it just won't come when I need it, which short-term memory is very much what hits people. Uh, from 85 right. onward and uh, so that that depresses me I get depressed over that does it depress you because you're like I, I I know it I like I can I can I have the answer on the tip of my tongue but I just can't get it is that mm-hmm. is it like is it kind of that I'd struggle for it no I don't think it's I I, I just I can't come up with somebody's name or something. It, uh, it's it's just a common thing that happens yeah. to people in this, men and women in this age bracket, I guess, or something. But mm-hmm. one of the things I like to do is write notes to people. Ah. Well, I'm so far behind that I'm, I'm upset with myself because... I've got them piled up and piled up, and they pile up all over. And I don't like that. I I get sad, very sad about it, because I want to write people that's, um, it has finality to it in a sense, whereas a phone call, uh, you know, I probably need to go, and then they want to talk some more. And... So I'm because I'm behind in letters I want to write. I, that depresses me in myself. That I 
I'm no longer as gifted at being able to put words on paper and just get it in the mail. So how do you guys feel when you hear her say these things? This is your mother who, you know, who's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's hard to watch. Mom is an incredibly gifted and creative person mm-hmm. and has been all our life. So we we have seen that part of her abilities. She would take things out of the woods and make a wreath like you've never seen. Just the things that were at hand, as Evelyn was explaining. So that creative part of her, what she did with her hands and with her vision and with with sewing was so much a part of who she her identity, yes. is. And so to see that having fallen away mm-hmm. is sad for us because we want her to continue to do that. But um, it's hard in in assisted living, it's hard mm-hmm. when she can't stay focused mm-hmm. on something creative, mm-hmm. and that's not our mom. So that is yeah. is a very mm-hmm. telling time. So we, Evelyn and I both, try to get her out doing things that are creative, get her out in the yard, or, you know, we made cards, cards. that time oh, with you yeah, and Edie, or... You know, if she comes to Evelyn's house on Sunday, she's helping her, you know, with the the meal prep. Those things that are mother, you know, Um, because I know, you know, I know it's frustrating for Mm -hmm. you not to be able to do what you used to do so easily. Um, And that's part of what that's part of the dementia is that you the aging brain is you lose the organizational part of your brain and to do the kind of creative stuff that she did her whole life required her to focus, organize, gather those materials, do step one, two, and three. And that's not there anymore. Right. But she can still, you know, if you provide those, you know, she can sit down and enjoy it. So it would be, you know, for the future or the near future would be wonderful to be in a kind of place that provides that to you because that's the community that they're serving. Yeah. So to me, an assisted living place would be a kind of place that would allow these individuals who their whole lives have, you know, where they can show up and do that. And mother is a people person. Mm -hmm. And to see her engage with you this afternoon is her true love. She is. Yeah. That is who she is. She loves people if she had time, she would want to know your whole story. She'd want to know your cousin's story. There would be some connection. And she is truly a lover of people. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll just tell her real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, single, not, not, <laughs> not making the amount of money I should be. Yeah. Uh, but need to go to a farm. Uh, <laughs> You know, guys, we've been talking for a while here. Um, is is there anything more that you kind of want to, that we haven't touched? I mean, again, we've gone kind of all over, but anything. So here, here's one story. We would go on float trips, canoe trips. We did that. Uh, the Duck River, the Harpeth, the Buffalo, the Buffalo, Buffalo. Big South Fork. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think back and I go, how did Mother fix food for like six or eight people? Because it wasn't just... You know, the three kids. We'll always take someone. You all got to take a friend. Each of you would always take a friend. Yeah, cousin. So we were floating the Big South Fork 
So oh, the name Lord. of that. And it's called Devil's Jump. Jump, Devil's Jump. And so the river literally rose. We were sleeping on the riverbank that night. It started raining. We had a 76-year-old man with us. Evelyn and I each had a friend, mom and dad. So we had two canoes and a raft, I think. So we ported the canoes up the side of this hill, right, to get it out of the, the rising floodwaters. And <laughs> so the next morning, we couldn't port the raft right it's this humongous raft that my father had outfitted and so they just said well we're just gonna float this flooded river and so the whole river goes into these between these two two boulders many people had been killed there so what a mother and daddy turned to us and go well we'll see y'all on the other side so they give evelyn the diamond and me the watch mother's watch and our parents get in this raft and float this flooded river and we're on the top of this boulder going we may our parents are going to get killed (laughs) we're going to watch our parents drown and literally the raft like just folded up and we could see their heads just like passing each other and coming because they had kind of strapped in and they came out the other side and it was just like that's how they live their life. That yeah. is the epitome of they're going to take the bloody river as it is. They're going to live <laughs> through it. That's the name of your mother's carny or medoir is, well, see you on the other side. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we got to start writing that memoir now. Yeah. Uh, gotta, yeah. But that's kind of what I mean by like, yes. the, like if returning earlier to like if there was ever any you you reacted in the quite the right way as children, but were you ever like, why the hell did you put us through that? Like, yeah. why did you, yeah. you know, I got mad when my mom as a child, she, you know, she went to go return some books to the library and she was gone for five minutes. And I was like, hey, that, that gave me separation anxiety, you know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. now I'm damaged. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. so, but there's a, there's like a, I don't know, I'm trying to like figure out in my head and we're not going to have time to, to do this, but like, is there like, regret that that happened or was is there like residual anger that that happened or or was it sounded like no you you took it as a positive and yes. yeah they did uh, yeah. life I yeah mean, they, they did life they, they lived, lived life, life wholeheartedly yeah yeah never you don't you don't go into life with fear right you just yeah. meet it head on yeah i mean and they and they did life together mm-hmm. so i think if we had grown up as children who they were constantly in conflict about that, you know, it may have been a different outcome, but they actually did all this together. Mm. You know, these crazy choices, you know, amazing choices. They, they really were. True. They were mm-hmm. in, in it together. Mm-hmm. Farming, you know, mm-hmm. going into farming full force. Uganda. Uganda. Yeah, I, I mean, they... Well, you didn't not do it your way. So I, <laughs> it's, it's better to be sitting here and going, you know, like, Hey, we, we took a big swing and it paid off. And, uh, you know, we lived life as, as, as it was supposed to be lived versus, oh, we played it safe, you know? <laughs> we, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I admire yeah. that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes. So you guys have passed. Well, they, I mean, I think they, they suffered in a, in a, in certain ways, but they, gained resiliency in the process Mm -hmm. of what you've been through. I don't think we suffered too Mm -hmm. much. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to to be here today. I appreciate it. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Great. Well, you're you're good at this. I'm I'm a motor mouth. Is what, <laughs> is what I am. All right. Well, thank you, Carney. Yes, I'm glad to know you. I hope <laughs> we don't lose you in the sense of. I mean, I'd, I've already like been lost up. by so many people, but yeah. I will. <laughs> And all my friends, hosted and produced by Ben Odo. For more interviews, visit meandallmyfriendspod.com and make sure to follow us at Me and All My Friends on Instagram. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to Julie Dowd, Brian Barnes, John McHugh, and Warner Tidwell. I'm Mariah Paris, and nobody ever thanks me. Carney's overalls wear like iron, wear like iron, wear like iron. <laughs>